There it is. <laughs> Alright, moving on. Did the microphone kick me into? I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim, Chris Sale, Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. This is Late Night Shots, where we record late at night, talking about sports while taking a couple late night shots. There it is. Shots, 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 shots. <laughs> That's right. This is the 95th and first episode of Late Night Shots. Hopefully you guys kind of understand that. But uh, Chris, Brad, and Landon tonight. How's it going, fellas? Actually, can we call it the second episode of Late Night Shots because of episode two? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> We can call that the first episode. I mean, Jay Cutler has probably been a part of a lot of late night shots. <laughs> oh, someday we will release that for people. If, I'm assuming you still have it. It's on here somewhere. All right. I mean, it's not super echoey or anything like that at all. It's definitely not like 45 minutes of us yelling about how terrible Jay Cutler is. I mean, you definitely have yelled about quarterbacks on this episode or on this show for 45 minutes at a time before. Just- Who? I don't know. Definitely not the guy with the best quarterback rating on the Titans right now. Oh, future MVP? Yeah. So uh, for the mulligan this week, before we let Brad get into that, (laughs) we're going to be talking about some Antonio Brown. Because what the heck is going on? I mean, is this just a ploy to get hard knocks like the highest ratings ever? Um, Maybe. (laughs) I think it was already going to have the highest ratings ever because you get John Gruden's attitude of not of just letting everyone do everything let your freak flag fly then you got Vontez perfect ab and richie incognito on the same team and for a little while you had ronald ollie dropping some knowledge <laughs> i mean just think about the, everything that ab has done in the last week now the helmet thing I think might have just been him trying to get them to let his let him use his helmet. Yeah. Um, if I was the Raiders, I would be so pissed. And that's probably kind of his thing. He's like, look, now the Raiders are going to go to bat for me if I just don't play. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, Antonio helmets or <laughs> yeah. Antonio Brown's helmet that he wore the entire time in Pittsburgh is no longer on the accepted equipment list. Right. And he wants to wear that. He won't even try another helmet. Um, And he said, if he doesn't get to wear that specific helmet, he will not play football anymore. Which is maybe not even the dumbest thing he's done in the last (laughs) week. If I were the NFL, I would say, okay, you got to sign this disclosure if you want to wear this helmet, you have to sign this disclosure because when you have brain damage 30 yeah. years from now, you are not going to come back and sue us. Yeah. Like, I waive the NFL and all parties associated for any damage that I do to myself while playing the game. Unless I stand yeah. in a cryogenic chamber without the proper footwear on. <laughs> Which, did you While hear that- already dealing with foot injuries. <laughs> did you hear that a bunch of, like, the cryogenic experty type people that run those chambers say they don't understand what happened. Like he shouldn't have been able to get into yeah, them without was, socks and stuff on. I was going to say, I heard um, Andrew Brandt talking about that on the Ross Tucker mm-hmm. podcast because he frequently does 
um, the cryo thing, and he's like, they won't even let you into the room with it unless yeah. you're wearing the socks and the underwear and the gloves or yeah. whatever. Uh, basically just covering anything that would get frostbite. But he got it over in France. Which they said over there, they're super stingy about it. Like, they, they check and they double check and they make sure you have everything. And because I, I don't I don't know if it was the same thing with Brant, but there was another article where they talked to the guy who like runs that institution, and he's like, "Yeah, like you're not even allowed into the room without the stuff." And then we double check, so he shouldn't have been able to get into it. I don't know. And then yeah. they said that for that kind of damage, it would take like minutes of direct contact, because like first you get tingly, and then you start getting like it starts to burn, and then stuff starts to happen. It's like you should know, like you've done this enough. You think maybe he wants out? <laughs> I don't know. The, he's weird. The frostbite thing wasn't doing it, so they were like, "He's like, fine. I guess I'll just blame it on the helmet." I mean, if he like, wanted frostbite, he could have just accepted that trade to Buffalo and ran around out there with no socks on. But <laughs> and then he went AWOL for a couple days. Did you hear about that part? They were trying to reach him on the seventh, I think. And they couldn't get in contact with him, and it had been like a day or two, and no one knew where he was, and they couldn't get a hold of him. It's like, that's one week of Antonio Brown stuff. And it's probably yeah. not going to be the weirdest thing that happens on the Raiders and this month. Nope. <laughs> For the record, he <laughs> like wasn't even really supposed to be practicing at all um, last week during the first week of practice, because, again, in the first episode of Hard Knocks, like they asked his doctor, and he's like... He told Gruden, he's like, don't let him practice because he's going to just start cutting really hard on it, on his foot and his ankle. And he's like, he won't go half speed. Of course, Gruden was just like, I don't know, just do what you want to do. I forgot about the fourth thing that happened with Antonio Brown in the last week. When his kid asked him where Ben Roethlisberger was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, his kids are super excited that he's yeah. playing for the Raiders now. <laughs> it's just sorry. It's not even the tenth of August yet, and we are full on Raiders already. Like yeah, the it's, first it's going to be an interesting season. The first week of games aren't done. The Seahawks didn't fall apart this fast. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> well, they had a couple good seasons first before imploding. The Raiders didn't wait around for the whole good seasons thing before they started imploding. Like. The season hasn't been even been going for like a month, right? They're in their second... They just finished the second week of training camps, I believe. Yeah. And all this stuff has happened already. There's been more news out of Oakland in the last week than most teams will have in a season. And they got into a fight in practice. Well, that always well, that, happens, Yeah, though. everybody fights in I'm practice. I'm just saying. Well, was it well, Raiders was it? versus Raiders, though? No, Raiders and Rams got into the fight in practice. It's like hard knock has got to be like drooling right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure HBO as soon just... as they saw the Hard Knocks or the Raiders roster, they're like, "Oh, good. The Raiders didn't do anything that would get them to turn us down." Because <laughs> you you can turn down Hard Knocks if you made the playoffs yep. in the last two years. Uh, or maybe, there's, maybe there's it was the previous year. You can't have a new head coach. Yep. You have to have. No, it's not that you can't. Those are like you can use those as excuses. To turn them down, yeah, if but, you want. So if you have a new head coach, well, it's certain if you, criteria. If you've made the playoffs, you can't be on. Yeah, it. like if you have made the playoffs within a certain amount of time, if you have a new head coach, and it's something else, you 
Are you sure you, that maybe it's, like, you can't or you can you can pass? You it, cannot. Yeah, and it might be you might be able to pass, but then if you don't meet those criteria, you cannot refuse. Yeah, like there was if like they ask you have to. Yeah, well that that's what I was. Yeah. There's like three. I thought it was that they'll the, choose a team, and that team if they have one of yeah. those three, they can pass if they want, which most teams would. Is it's yeah. why you know the yeah. Patriots have never been on. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, and they'd be super boring. Yeah. Is the other one you, just you be can't watching have, some guy with a camera? You can't. Nice. You can't have both new coordinators. That one rings a bell for some reason. No, because I feel like a lot of te- didn't the Browns have new coordinators on both sides last year? Last year, I don't think so. I thought they just had one new coordinator. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, are you trying to look it up, Landon? Or? Yeah. So there's five teams that could have appeared on Hard Knocks this year: the Lions, the Raiders, the Giants. 49ers, and the Redskins. Nice. So a Gruden, a Gruden, a crazy dude who's all about posture. The Niners, and I forget what the other one was. I don't know. Yeah. They they picked... Oh, sorry. (laughs) They picked a good one. Yeah, they did. Well, we just know that HBO doesn't want one, but anyone involved with Antonio Brown definitely wants a mulligan. If you want to take advantage of your mulligan, head to Homestead. Mention Late Night Shots. That's right. It's Late Night Shots now. Before you're around, get a free small bag of range balls. And make sure to head in there on August 27th from 2 to 5 p.m. They're going to be having a Striction Demo Day. And that is one of the two things they have predominantly in the shop is Cleveland and Striction stuff. So you can head there that day to get a bunch of Striction stuff and try it out. And anytime this month, head to Homestead if you're looking for some new golf shoes because they're 30% off. So make sure to head in there to get some while supplies last. So head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. Quick side note. How happy do you think the Steelers are that they're like, oh my god, we don't have to deal with this anymore? Uh, probably incredibly happy. Yeah. According to Peter King, they were super duper happy. Like The camp is just like, they're all super happy <laughs> that Bell and Brown are like, just good, out we, of there. We can just go to work now. Mike Tomlin admitted it without really like just coming out and admitting it. We can definitely yeah. get into that a yeah. whole bunch on the <laughs> NFC North episode. AFC. AFC North. There you go. Thanks for saving me from mislabeling my own division. <laughs> All right. Well, this week's episode is about the NFC North. But before we get there, we actually have something kind of new that goes along with the new name of the episode. And we talked with Charles over at House of Hoodies. Um, and we have a little deal with them, and you'll hear about it at the end of the, the little interview I did with him. Um, House of Hoodies kind of makes these hockey sweaters, long sleeve, and they put on the logo and the number and the name, so they just look like long sleeve jerseys. And you can listen to a little bit more about it here. But they're not just for hockey teams. No, it's yes. NFL, any other sport, anything you want, you can get it made up. And he kind of talks about it a little bit during the interview with him. This is Chris at Late Night Shots, and we got a special guest, Charles, from the owner of House of Hoodies. How's it going, man? Hey, good. How's it going, Chris? Good. So I've been checking out your stuff online, and it's it's pretty unique. You want to kind of talk about what you make over there? Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. So I'll tell you like this. Basically, um, I'm not the founder of the company, but I took it over uh, recently when I, I saw these. I, I'm a huge sports fan, like I'm sure all of your listeners Basically, we're talking sports hoodies that look like jerseys, right? So these, these are – people have definitely seen these before in, let's say, hockey, but bringing them to football and baseball and basketball, it's been really rewarding. 
fans love them, and it's basically for that half of the year um, where it's too cold to rep your team in a jersey, or, you know, you've seen those guys trying to stuff a hoodie under the jersey, or should I wear a coat over the jersey and try to show the front a little bit? Here, you're getting to rep your team when it's super cold, and the sort of the, the joke I always like to go with is, if you sneak in a 12-pack of beer into the stadium, uh, you know, the, the savings on concessions alone, you just paid for your hoodie in one wearing, so that's also, you know, not that we're condoning sneaking stuff in the stadiums, but uh, fans, you know, they do crazy stuff, and, and these are an amazing way to rep your team when it gets cold outside. Well, that sounds like a bunch of stuff that uh, kind of sits well with people here in the Pacific Northwest where it's cold all the time, so you kind of want the long sleeve or the hoodie, and this is a way around that, especially if you're going to be uh, drinking some tasty beverages. Exactly. And um, and the truth is, I mean, look, if you check out our uh, Twitter at HO Hoodies, House of Hoodies, um, I mean, you know, we've got people repping them. They're people, I mean, they're braver than me, I guess, but we've got people wearing them in the summer. We've had some attractive women who put them on wearing nothing else other than the hoodie. You know, I guess that's the ultimate guy's fantasy if you can uh, get one for your girl. But uh, no, it's, it's amazing. Like the thing that surprised us is just how well it's selling even in the summer. Like these have real people love them. They know they're going to want to go to games. They know they're going to want to rep their team. I mean, we've had NFL players start, you know, DMing us, and we've already sent to uh, Darius Geis um, of the Redskins. Uh, I know the, you know, he's already promoting our hoodies. I mean, and these are players where they don't even want an endorsement deal. They're like, send me a couple, and I'll blast it everywhere because it, it's unique even to them. They're like, wow, this looks awesome. And it, it really does look kind of like the hockey jersey sweater thing, but just for other sports, right? Yeah, that was basically the epiphany. It was like, wait a second, you know, why not make something? I mean, hockey's not the only place where you're following and it can be cold. Um, football stadiums, I mean, the amount we're selling now in the summer and leading into preseason here, I mean, every day the sales keep rolling in. More fans are, are finding it and loving it. I mean, this is something where you're going to see it. And I guess the beauty of our company also is that we don't just have, like, the classics in stock, but for only $10 extra, you know, we can do custom and so we've got fans who are putting all types of crazy stuff. I mean, you know, we had we had a, a couple order where it said uh, married since, and then their numbers were, you know, 19 and 98. Um, we've had people do gag stuff. We've had people get players that we don't have, but it's their favorite. So we, we can custom do stuff also. That's really cool that you have the, the custom option, too. for And only for 10 bucks. that's not bad at all, especially when you compare it to how much it costs for getting exactly. orders of other materials. And, and the nice part is, let's say, for example, they've used your promo code, right? We, we told you guys, because uh, we're big fans of your show, if they use uh, promo code SHOTS, they get 15% off. So we've actually, that'll come off the custom also. If you want to do a custom and everything else otherwise, it's seventy four ninety nine. Once they throw in uh, a 15% off code, all of a sudden you're getting that hoodie uh, for a pretty nice price, you know, in the $60, $60 and change range. And that's not bad at all, especially when you compare it to the cost of getting like a licensed NFL jersey type thing where this pretty much it looks better than a jersey, especially for cold weather areas like we are. So this is yeah, a exactly. option. Yeah, it, it washes well. It has great staying power. Um, and again, whether you want to go with your favorite QB or the throwback or a custom so you know it's never going to go bad and uh, whatever you want, we've got you covered. That's good to know. And you sent us a mock-up, which we'll have up on the site for everyone to look up, of the, the Russell Wilson one. And it, it looks pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the Russell Wilson is definitely a great seller. As you can imagine, anything off of the uh, the QB list is uh, is pretty cool. Um, like, th those stuff definitely move. 
Um, but what's interesting for us, like in the back end, is sort of seeing the confidence that markets have. Like we can literally see which fan bases are buying stuff. Like right now, Browns fans are going crazy. Seahawks fans, obviously, the Russell Wilson is a classic. Um, but then when you see the teams where like you're not selling any because they don't want to trust that QB yet, um, they're not really sure if he's going to stick around. But at least with Russell Wilson, you know you're making a good investment on that purchase. That's true. All right. So, like you mentioned, that promo code SHOT to get 15% off. And before you we let you go, is there anything else you want to say about where to find you or how the catalog works there? Uh, yeah, basically, they go on the website. Right now, we try to simplify it a bit. If you want to see, like, you click on the top, you can see the full catalog of how the hoodies look with the logos and, and the different players. Um, but once you're ready, you just click on the team you want. Uh, you get to pick whatever player we have in stock or a custom, and, uh, and you go for it. So, yeah, for all those 12th men uh, out there, this is a great product for all of your fan base. And I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks, Charles. And that's thehouseofhoodies.com, correct? Yep, thehouseofhoodies.com. Doesn't get easier than that. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. Take care. And that was the interview with Charles. Uh, and like we mentioned in there, if you mention sh- or if you type in shots, that's capital shots, when you order one, you get 15% off, so it knocks the price down by 12 bucks or so. Um, make sure to head to the top of the website. You can check out their catalog that has everything already made up. If you're just looking on the site, it kind of gives you a blank looking one just because they make them as they go type thing. So it's kind of hard to see, but we will be posting one that shows you what a Russell Wilson one looks like. And I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not a Seahawks fan, but the Wilson one does look sick. Like if I was going to a Seahawks game and they're like, you have to wear a Seahawks thing. Eh, I'll put this Russell Wilson one on. It kind of looks cool. I will never. I'm also, of course you would. With, you're sitting in the Seahawks chair. Be quiet. <laughs> with the long sleeve hockey jerseys, that's something you can wear if your team's playing in the winter and you don't want to put on, you know, the short sleeve t-shirt with the sweatshirt underneath it. It looks a little better. And that's one of the things he mentioned is like a lot of the times you have to wear a hoodie or something underneath your jersey to stay warm. Like, yeah. This kind of gets around that. So instead of spending 50 bucks on a hoodie and a hundred some bucks on a jersey, you can go get one of these that look good and keep you warm for 60, 70 bucks. And it's a lot more unique. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so yeah. NFC North. Yeah. Uh, where do you guys want to start in the NFC North? The bottom. Now we're here. At the bottom? All right. Well, that means we are starting in one place, and it's all about posture. I mean the Lions. Um, Matt Patricia is such a weird dude. <laughs> They're going to be so bad. The Lions are going to be so bad. See, what sucks for them is if they were in like just a decent division, I think they'd be okay. But they're in a very good division. And I just, if they go two and four in the division, they'll be lucky. Also, I've been burned on the Lions too many times. You guys, I don't know how many times you've heard me, you know, pick them as a sleeper or go like, you know what, I think they can do pretty good this year. And then they win six games. Yeah. Not this year. <laughs> like last year, you had them in the survivor pool, right? Or not the survivor pool, the picks pool. Didn't you have the Lions? Uh, yes. And you're like, oh, I got the Lions. Like that should give me like seven, eight wins. Yeah. And what they I, get, like two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah. So I'm done with the Lions. I'm washing my hands of them. Are you sure? Because you have them picked for the most wins out of all of us. I mean, tied, tied, tied but still. 
Yeah. With one more win than you. <laughs> hey, the most is the most. Okay? Hey, you know what? <clears throat> we have them making the playoffs if you add the number of wins me, you, and Landon <laughs> gave them. That would make them the one seed by one game. <laughs> oh, no. It would that be tied, actually, because that'd be 13. Sorry. All right. So me, Landon, and Alex... <laughs> And Vegas believes in them a little bit more. They got them at seven, which just seems like a lot for... For the record, did we say what we have them at? Not yet, but Vegas has them at seven. You are in love with them the most and have them at five. And And so we just don't see it at all. No. Um, Yeah. No boy, no. I didn't even... Usually it's like with a team who... I could cut them a little slack from last year if I had seen them start to come around towards the end of the year or kind of get things together. You know, you could credit it to getting used to a new coach and all that. Um, they seem to play worse, and uh, Snacks Harrison did not didn't really live up to what I thought he was going to do. He's not there. even in camp right now. He still hasn't shown up, right? Uh, as far as I know, no. Yeah, but I mean, like last year I went, okay, well, he's getting used to it and then he seemed to kind of move backwards as the season yeah went along uh the only good thing that happened to him last season was that they finally got a hundred yard rusher once no he did it a couple times once (laughs) um you were just drunk and seeing double i'm not saying his name landon don't do it i'm not okay good i can't you're not allowed to sing it if you say it that's breaking the rules sing what I don't know, actually. Um, so, do you guys agree with for Vegas? The, for the that, record, during that interview with Ryan, it was really hard not to sing it during Kareth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, do you guys agree with Vegas that this is the toughest division in football? Because they have them, collectively, the most games above 500 out of any division. I think it might be the most well-rounded or most even I don't know if I'd say the toughest. So I know I'm kind of with Landon on what one I know he's going to say is the toughest. What it makes me think of the is... AFC East. <laughs> what it makes me think of is in baseball with the, NFC, or the, the NL Central. In that it doesn't have the best team in it. It doesn't have one of the best teams in it. But it's a very deep division with it's a gonna, lot of teams that say can like, make the playoffs. Like and top be good. to bottom, they're the best. Yeah. Because their highs aren't as high, but their low, their third team isn't as bad yeah. as. So to everybody besides Landon, like Bears, Packers, Vikings, Cubs, Brewers, um, Cardinals, like is an apt compar- comparison. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Yes, because you know who all those <laughs> baseball teams are. I didn't know the Bears played baseball. <laughs> oh, so, I know they do the Super Bowl shuffle. So 5-11 and 11 for... Brad and Alex, four and twelve for Landon and myself. Do you guys see any type of scenario where they make a run at the playoffs or even five hundred? Um, you know what? I'm gonna say they are like Nick Foles and they just hate me. So the one year that I give up on them and have them not doing well, they'll go like fourteen and two for some reason. Yes. So, if but, Aaron Rodgers breaks his leg. The Bears' defense falls off a cliff, and Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Then they have a shot. 
It's a and lot of ifs. A lot of ifs. And Matt Stafford can't play with a broken bone in his back. <laughs> so I guess we might as well get to the second edition of Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are up next. Landon, go ahead. I don't need to. I don't need to. All right, well, that knocked off 37 minutes from this episode. <laughs> Y'all already know. And we're done. All right, we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Um, but Landon actually has them with not the worst record out of everybody. And, Brad, you were talking about it a little bit off air, but let's get to why you have them at 7-9. and nine. Um, So the way I did my picks, I <laughs> kind of went through and just picked every game, and I wasn't really keeping track of... <laughs> teams and who was doing what um and then when i got done i realized i had the vikings at seven and nine and i thought well they're a better team than that so i kind of went back through all of their picks or all the games and there wasn't really enough of them that i was that i felt comfortable swapping the outcome with um you know with dalvin cook not being able to consistently be healthy although when he does play he's pretty on the money um the receiving core is excellent if kirk cousins can uh can play anywhere near his level that he played in washington i think they will be very good but based on what i saw last year i'm not sure um how that's gonna play out so it was more I do think they're better than a seven and nine team. I just I don't know which games I'm willing to to flip flop. That makes sense. Meanwhile, I like Kirk Cousins. I'm gonna root for him all year. Just that if he does well, I can throw it in Landon's face. I'm saying they go ten and six and make the wild card. You're high. Uh, no, no, I'm not high. But <laughs> I just that team. Their offensive line isn't gonna be one of the worst in the nfl this year the defense is still good especially since Barr came back because i know that was a big reason people thought they were going to struggle was he was going to leave that was what didn't every basically have a deal done with the jets yep he had a deal done with them but because of that the window the vikings came back and were like well we'll raise it Mm -hmm. and they did some they've been doing i think it was with him and one other guy where they kind of keep all their deals level so they know where they're at with salary cap and stuff going forward but they've backloaded these ones, I think is what they're doing, similar yeah. to the Saints, yep. where they're they're trying to win now, and they're trying to talent up, I guess if you want to say it that way, and then dealing with it later. Which makes sense, because if you look at the Saints, I thought it was crazy that they kind of screwed themselves over, but they really were only in jeopardy for like two, three years where they couldn't afford to pay anyone good. Um, and then now they're back to being one of the better teams in the league it was and i agree with backloading players because the salary cap goes up every year yeah and you might as well because if the salary cap doesn't go up as much you deal with it and if it does go up as much then you saved money really because you were able to get more talent early yeah especially because like everyone says the uh contracts in the nfl aren't worth the paper they're written on yeah if you backload it really only the in almost every contract, only the first two, maybe three years, are guaranteed. If that, there's like really no guaranteed. Well, money I mean, like guaranteed, guaranteed like money that is signed at the guaranteed in the sense that it doesn't make sense to cut someone one year into a big deal yeah. or something because of the cap hits and all. The, 
all that. But like after two or three years on any of these deals, the team can pretty much walk away at any point. So why not backload it to get that number higher to get the player to agree? Yeah. Um, so with the Vikings, um, a big part of the reason they were able to stay afloat last year was Dalvin Cook was hurt, but Latavius Murray stepped up, right? There Dark. it is. Latavius Murray's gone. Do you see the Vikings worried about their backfield situation with Dalvin Cook and then whoever their backup running back is now? I think it's Asiata. Is, it, is he back? Another, I thought they had another guy. Asiata went to the 49. I thought he got a good chunk of money to go to the – was it the Niners? That was he, McKinnon. Yeah, That's right. Different Vikings running back that went there. And then blew out his knee instantly, right? Yeah. Wasn't him last year? Yeah, because yeah, Matt drafted him. <laughs> That's right. Uh, da, da, da. I think Mike Asiata Boone. went somewhere else, though. Yeah, he did. Mike Boone is their backup. And then they also have D'Angelo Henderson. Ooh. <laughs> and Amir Abdullah still. And Theo Riddick? But he, is he gone? Theoretic plays for the Broncos now. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's that they're trying to put Abdul into that Riddick role and have him split out a lot. But do you think the the Vikings should be worried about their running game, or do you trust Cook enough? I mean, you, you got to trust who you take, who you took, right? But yeah. As Brad mentioned, he doesn't tend to stay healthy. Um, the other thing that would concern me is outside of Diggs and Thielen, you really have no wide receiver depth. Yep. Your offensive line is not very good. It's better than last year, but it's, it's still not good. Yeah. it's Bradbury <laughs> is a very good offensive yeah, lineman. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, Do they still have Steve Hutchinson? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they could take him. Um, but you're, you're lacking depth. And a lot of key spots, so you're really an injury away from being screwed. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see what their number three receiver it's is. Kyle Rudolph. It's Treadwell. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah, they have him at third behind Thielen. They got Chad Beebe in front of them. It looks like at least what I'm looking at, and then Jordan Taylor on the other side. But maybe Treadwell's the the slot guy. And Treadwell had some nice moments last year, but he still, with how often he drops the ball, it looks like he should play for the Ravens. And f- for being a first-round pick, not looking so hot. That's why the the Vikings are terrible at taking receivers in the first round. And they thought getting Kirk Cousins there would save them. You said you were done with it, but I <laughs> knew you'd come back. I'm just saying. It's impossible to say the word Vikings. You around. love my hatred for him. <laughs> I do. I thrive off of it. <laughs> you should see us at work. There's like a daily conversation about him, I swear. Yeah, Lynn and I work together, and we talk about stuff, and there are just multiple times a day where I have to tell Landon I'm not getting into something about Kirk Cousins or Mike Zanino because it gets brought up all the time. Or the Saints. You guys, or could, the, just, or the, you guys could just talk about Ryan Tannehill instead. So Wrong division. <laughs> I got the Vikings at ten and six. So does Alex. Brad's got him at seven and nine. Landon, even through all his hate, has them a game out of the playoffs at eight and eight. Eight and eight. <laughs> I just <laughs> Landon's hate for Kirk Cousins is so amazing. <laughs> um, Actually, I, at this so getting to 
the team that also lacks depth in this division, the Packers. Yeah. Um, at this point today, after hearing the Peter King uh, interview with Dan Patrick and talking about the Packers and Texans joint practices, I would actually oh. flip. I would actually flip those two. Ooh. And put the Vikings at nine and seven, and the Packers at eight and eight. We're, ch- we're changing that right now. Yeah. Rogers is already fighting. Yeah. with Matt Lafleur. Yeah, like Multiple in literally times. in literally everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like you heard what Rogers said about the joint practice, right? He thinks joint practices are dumb. So Lafleur is coming from Tennessee, right? Where they where they do that every single year. Yeah, and it helps. The Packers, when they had what's his name McCarthy, never did that ever. Never had joint practices. Okay. So Watt is chasing Rodgers off the edge, and Rodgers is complaining about how physical the practices were and all this crap, right? Well, before you this, – this is the National Football League? Right. Oh, okay, sorry. I couldn't remember if this was um, sarcastic ball or not. So, oh, CeeLo Green, we're such a fan of all your song. <laughs> So they interviewed Rodgers after the the last practice for the first preseason game, and he said, yeah, I hope we don't do that again for another, like, 10, 15 years. Like, dude. Meanwhile, his coach is like, oh, yeah, no, I loved it. It's good for the teams to do. Freaking ridiculous how they're already fighting. So there was that, and then there was the thing where he keeps trying to change plays again. Mm-hmm. It's like... I, I don't. I think we mentioned it before. Where it's fine to do that when you have Donald Driver and Greg Jennings, who have been there for eight years or whatever, and they're on the same page as you. But when you have a bunch of receivers where you just took two random last names and threw them together with a hyphen and put scamming. those guys in, like you can't do that with them. <laughs> no, it's not. Does Lafleur last a year? Because you know pirates Ro- are resilient, <laughs> <laughs> but Rogers runs that place. Well, yeah, he's only making sixty-five million dollars this year. So, if him and if him and Brad's boy over there are already fighting, they I don't see I like him lasting very long. Lafleur became my boy. Well, he's yeah. your boy. <laughs> Coach in Tennessee, he's your boy. Yeah, I, I have that makes Ron Rivera your boy, right? Ron Rivera is my head coach. So yeah, he'd be considered my boy. Nope. <laughs> I hear the things you say about him. Good. The same thing Packers fans should be saying about Rodgers right now. So, like, I have the Packers at 9-7, and seven, but I really have to go through, and I think I'm going to change it. I might really change it. I really yeah. think now at this point, from what I'm hearing, and from what everyone in the national media is saying, dude, it's it's not looking good. So it's it's weird because that kind of thing, like, it works when you are – Peyton Manning ran the whole offense. Like they, they, half the time, they said they would call play suggestions, and then he would pick the play, but or pick something else. But he had been with basically the same core for an extended period of time. He had earned everyone's respect. He wasn't, you know, basically Aaron Rodgers was like, "Hey, everyone, do what I say, no matter what." Yeah. All the time, and I, I don't think he's. I think if he, he could get to the point where he could do this if he had finessed it a little more and sort of earned everyone's trust or earned everyone's respect and sort of. But the thing you brought up, Peyton, did it a different way. Yeah, like you brought up Peyton though, 
Peyton also had buy-in from his coaches on doing this, right? Like he yeah, had Dungy. That, that's kind of what I meant is where like Dungy was okay with that. Yeah. And everything. He didn't have a coach going, it's my way or the highway. And then he's going, no, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. Um, and Peyton had the, the grouping of Dungy himself, Jeff Saturday, Wayne, and the most underrated murderer, I mean, Harrison in <laughs> NFL history. And Edron James. Yeah. Like, that's a great group to have for so long that you can just go, like, you're yeah. running it like Rucker Park style where just everyone knows what they're doing and they can run this offense yeah. together. So a lot of the things that people are knocking Aaron Rodgers for – Peyton did, but he had earned the right to do it, yeah. and he did it the right way. Like there was a few times during Colts games where they would send the punt team on, and Peyton would send them off. Which, yeah. if you're Peyton Manning, you've earned the right to the. And I think a lot of that comes from like, you know, you doing things the coach's way, and then sitting down with him and going, "Hey, here's yeah. how I would like to do things." what is a way we can make this work and then sort of just inching your way towards that not just going hey new guy in town steve the pirate sit down i'm running the show and the more i think about it the worse i think the packers are going to do because you have this friction with rogers the new coach and so many new faces on the team like that defense they lack depth also at a lot of major spots yeah that too it's all these reasons and on defense they have what five six new starters yeah. and it's not just new starters that are like they were backups and now they're the starter it's they came in from different places yeah so it's going to take these guys a while to figure out how to play together and if it is like vegas thinks the toughest division in football it's not going to be easy so i'm dropping them down to for now at least seven and nine and also, they had one of the best safeties in the league in HaHa Clinton Dix. They replaced him with a rookie. And if there's that much chaos, um, that may not play out that well. Now, well, granted, but, safety is one of the positions that translates best from college to... Who's who's their rookie safety? Jarnell uh, Savage. Yeah. Is it Savage? And yeah. then they signed Adrian Amos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they got two new safeties. And then they... I know they signed Zardar from the Ravens, Zadarius Smith, yep. and a couple other guys. It's just that's a lot of new people there. It's a lot of new people. So I'm going down to seven and nine. Um, I still have him pretty high. I probably should switch theirs in the Vikings records, but I'm not going to. All right. Way to stick by your guns. And so we will leave Alex as the only one above what Vegas has them at nine and a half. He's got them at ten and six. And... Spoiler alert, I guess. The only one. Alex is the only one who has them making the playoffs. And I guess, so we're down-talking everything about the Packers. Could you see everything coming together and them winning this division, though? I mean, sure. Yes. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, as much as we trash Rodgers, I mean, he's one of the best freaking quarterbacks to ever throw the freaking football. Well, I mean, we just did our quarterback rankings, and even though he had a bad year last year we still all had him in the top five yeah and that was with uh, a bum right around knee. there yeah <laughs> that yeah. was with a bum knee but all it takes is an injury to rogers too all it takes is an anthony Barr and a collarbone yeah we had rogers at five seven five four in the rankings yeah i didn't know that brad hated aaron Rodgers. i forgot about that <laughs> and the the packers o-line is the same as it's been just 
and he gets older. hit a lot already. Yeah. So and what was it? He led the NFL in throwaways last year. Yeah. Which probably because he's changing routes all the time and guys don't know where to go. And when you're playing, you know, rookie receivers. Yeah. Don't but worry, they have a really good blocking tight end in Jimmy Graham. Then he ices you out if you don't do what he tells you. So, fun times in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. So, it's they're one of the teams where I could see them being two, three games better than I predicted them. I could also see them being two, three games worse, depending on how things, yeah, how things play mesh. out. And I think it might be one of those sort of things where winning solves everything. If they like don't... if they come out of the gate hot then LaFleur might, and Aaron Rodgers is still doing his thing, which I assume he will be, and they come out, you know, first quarter of the season, they're 3-1 and one or something like that, then I could see LaFleur kind of stepping back and going, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I could also see things, once they get a couple losses, like in a row or something, crash and burn, going downhill real quick. They yeah. better get that running game established. They, they should go that- with Jones, right? He's their. He's gonna be their starting know, running back. Yeah, run. but he didn't have near as many touches last year as he should have, right? Well, he came on later in the year, I believe, because they were using Montgomery to start the year. <laughs> yeah, which cost them that game against the Rams. Yeah, fumble. Uh, he had a hundred and thirty-three rushes last year. For he led the league in yards per attempt. Yeah, he came on. I believe it was the last four or five weeks of the year. I think. I thought he. Had, I'm gonna check his game log. Earlier right than that. Well, I think you're. I think you're both right in that he had a good game early, oh, and then they get, went away from him, or he got. Like, he may have he got nicked hurt. up. Wasn't against the Bengals because they they at one point lost like three or three running backs last year, right? <laughs> Something like that. Like it, Montgomery kept fumbling, so yeah, he they, ended up in the. Sorry, Landon, house. but Jones did not play against the Bengals last year. <laughs> um. So he had a nice stretch week five, six, seven, where he went 12 for 86, 14 for 75, 15 for 145 with two touchdowns, which I think was the big game. Yeah. Um, is it, it's only, was he hurt I, or I, suspended or something at the end of I the year? I thought he got hurt. Cause well, I, he I didn't swear, play the first two games, and he had, didn't play the last two games. I thought it was – he might have – Maybe it was two years ago. There was one year where they had a different running back due to like injury or something. Like, oh, they couldn't keep someone starting for two weeks. There was maybe like a I'm six thinking or seven of stretch. I'm thinking of 2017 where he went 19 for 125, and then two weeks later went 17 for 131, and that was like 85 percent of his production on the season was those two weeks. And then last year he had that stretch where he got to 15 for 145, and then he was never above 70. Or 80 yards after that. Um, so he just struggled after that game. But but through that stretch, he had 17 carries twice and then was never above 15 in any other game. And never That's above weird. never above 20 touches in any game. Probably because Rodgers kept checking out a run yeah, probably. <laughs> so with him, do you think they need to get him like... 250 touches oh they need to run yeah whatever it's going to take right because when they run the ball it makes them just that much more dangerous because you can't you know what i think i just found the most important player on their team there is a third string nose tackle named olive sagapolu that is a pretty good name 
That is that might be one of my favorites. We say, ladies and gentlemen, we have another entrant on Brad's favorite team list. The bracket is now up to one thousand (laughs) and twenty-four. Make sure to stay tuned for the four-day continuous podcast of Brad going through the bracket. (laughs) That's just me listing the names. It's four days. Uh, Live look-ins at unwanted naps that he takes because he just falls asleep (laughs) at the mic, but. And just uh, wake up yelling, Prince of Mugumara! <laughs> you do that anyway. <laughs> That's why camping is very disturbing when you go with Brad. He just screams Prince of Mugumara every morning when he wakes up. <laughs> oh. Alright, so Packers, what, lowest or biggest discrepancy between floor and ceiling of most teams in the NFL? Like you could see them at 6-10, and 10, you could see them at 12-4. I would say them and the Seahawks. Yeah. They're probably up there. I mean, it's kind of a throwing you on the spot question. Yeah. But yeah. You're but yeah, welcome. No, they're, As they're, of right now, yes. I, I would say their uh, floor-to-ceiling quotient is the highest. All right. Uh-huh. It's up there. <laughs> it's TM. Up. I'm going to trademark that stat. Okay. So then that leaves us with the consensus favorite. To win the division. Lions. Win the division, not get last place. <laughs> oh, I thought you just said in the division. Oh. <laughs> Consensus favorite to be in the division. <laughs> and it is the Bears. And we actually talked with Ryan Heckman of Doe Windy City FS over at Fansided, Da Bears. Um, and he kind of helped us break down the Bears. So, late night shots here interviewing Ryan Heckman, site expert for Doe Windy City over on Fansided. How's it going, Ryan? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. So, Bears just got their first preseason game in last night, and I know we got a lot to talk about because Landon <laughs> here is a Panthers fan, so he saw a bunch of the game, which I'm sure you did as well. <laughs> so, what are some of your uh, takeaways from the first preseason game for the Bears so far? Uh, well, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm going to be just like everybody else here, unfortunately. I know you want some... Uh, deep insight or maybe some hidden gems, but uh, David Montgomery stole the show, and um, I think we're we're all about to see just how replaceable Jordan Howard was. So um, that said, I loved Howard, but man, Montgomery really really proved exactly what we saw him do in college uh, that it could be done at the NFL level. So that was my number one takeaway that um, that Montgomery is going to be everything we hoped for in terms of just a complete back. Yeah, and I guess it's not that hard to replace Howard because under 1,000 yards, 3.7 a carry, not too many catches, so replacing him with somebody better than that shouldn't be too difficult. And you think he's going to be able to fill that role pretty well? Yeah, you know, I mean, coming out of college, there were a few backs that I liked. I liked Montgomery, obviously. Everybody liked Sanders um, and Henderson, and even going deeper, Depending on what they uh, what they were looking at, um, you know, you even had guys like Rykel Armstead and um, even the pass catchers like Darwin Thompson. But Montgomery, above all else, stood out because of just how balanced he was. Uh, he a lot of people didn't like him because he wasn't extremely quick or extremely fast. But in today's NFL, you don't necessarily need that. And what he showed was just his ability to. Um, to see the whole field 
Um, and at, at the running back position, I think vision is one of the biggest things you can offer a team, and that's one of his best traits is his vision, and along with that is his footwork. And obviously his his incredible ability to break tackles, which, you know, breaking the record for most tackles uh, in a two-year span in college is is unbelievable, but he he showed it all last night, even at the pro level. It, it can you know it can go down as just a preseason game, as it should. Uh, but I really do believe we saw exactly what we saw out of him in college last night, and um, I don't expect anything different going forward on the regular season. Uh, this is Landon here. Uh, question for you on the Bears' defense. Um, Vic Fangio left to be the head coach of the Broncos. How much uh, has his departure affected the way things have been looking so far? You know, as, as much as I love Vic, Vic Fangio and um, I thought the world of him and, and still do, um, he's very smart, very intelligent with how he creates his schemes. Um, it, it's, it's tough because I don't want to take away from what he was able to do his first couple of years in Chicago. But with the talent that the, that the defense has now, um, you'd really have to be, <laughs> you'd really have to be an idiot to screw this up for lack of a better, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, I trust Chuck Pagano in, in the, the culture and the character building he brings to the team. The talent's already there. It, w- it would be one thing if he was, having to do what Fangio did three years ago and take, you know, a bottom feeding group up to, you know, a top 20, then a top 15, then a top 10 group, but he doesn't have to do that. And so is it a downgrade? Not necessarily. Um, I just think of him more of a, a placeholder. He's already got the talent there. Uh, he's been around the league long enough to know how to work, uh, especially with defensive backs. And we saw what he's done in the past when he was, you know, given a great team. Um, that's a that's a big knock on him from anybody who's a fan of the Bears' rivals. You know, well he he was great in Baltimore because he had stars there. Well, sure he did, but you know he still he still performed well. His defense performed well, and like I said, for him to not perform well with this group this year would be um, incredibly disappointing. But I don't foresee that happening. So. Fangio was excellent. He he started something uh, beautiful on the defensive side of the ball, and and I just think Pagano is going to kind of come in and just try to pick up where Fangio left off in terms of momentum. One more question about the game last night: <laughs> Nagy and Rivera were in cahoots, weren't they? Am I <laughs> as far as icing Nag- the kicker? Oh oh yes. Um, <laughs> You know, I really don't know what to make of that. Uh, the fact that it was a preseason game made it a little bit funnier and more entertaining to, to talk about and to hear about. But um, I did I did find it interesting and, and almost funny that Rivera did that. Um, but, it, I mean, you bring up a, an even more interesting point, and that's the, the kicking situation. And... Um, I, I am not prepared for a question about that because I truly have no idea. So, um, well, that's too bad. Quite honestly, I... I'm just uh, I've just I've just hoped that Nagy and Pace have a plan, and I really don't know if they do or if they do what it is because uh, I'm still not confident in that. But that's the one position that 
I'm really not a fan of uh, at the moment, nor do I really want to, <laughs> nor do I really want to talk about how little or how much faith I have in them. Well, I was going to bring up all these rumors now with the <laughs> Ravens backup kicker, Vedvik, that he's supposedly right. on the Bears radar. Shoot, he should be. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got no future in Baltimore. Right. No, it, it, it should definitely be more more than a rumor at this point. Um, any any kicker um, who's performed well, either as a veteran or a rookie in camp, or, or let me rephrase that, any veteran kicker who's performed well over their career, like, you know, the rumors you, you may have seen Crosby or Boswell might have been on the on the hot seat going into camp and who knows, but, you know, either of those guys or, or anybody else, um, especially coming from Baltimore where you've got Tucker, you know, he's not going anywhere. Anyone and everyone should be on the bears radar at that position. And the second somebody gets cut or, um, the second that they're available for trade for, Gosh, I don't even know. We're talking about trading for a kicker. The Bears already did that with Canero, but that's a position they have to get figured out. And I think Ryan Pace is in a position to do whatever it takes because he knows he's got the roster in place to compete for a Super Bowl. So, yeah, if, if Edvick becomes available and, and if the Ravens are willing to part with him for, I, I would think, a fair price of a sixth-round pick, then I think Pace has to pull the trigger. And as a Ravens fan, I'd be down with that to get a, a pick for the backup kicker, and I think it'd make both teams happy. Oh, yeah. I, I, if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be thrilled because otherwise that's a player that, you know, you're going to part with. So I think that's a, a huge victory for the Ravens to get a sixth-rounder. Um, and in some Bears fans' eyes, that might be too steep. But like I said, at this point, that's that's the one glaring weakness. Well, that sounds like a deal, so let's make it happen. <laughs> hey, man, if only we were in charge. <laughs> you mentioned Montgomery earlier running back, and taking a look at one of the articles you posted earlier this week is you had some guys who are in danger of making the cut, and one of the ones that popped out was actually the guy who got the most carries last night in Kareth White Jr. Yeah, um, and so when I <laughs> when I wrote that, a couple of my guys went, ballistic on me and i said hold on hold on this was this was strictly off of the first unofficial depth chart and the interesting thing is that the bears have a few positions with a lot of unique talent and running back is one of them so obviously you know the top three guys are going to stick but beyond that is it going to be ryan nall is it going to be kareth white or could Ryan Nall end up transitioning to tight end like we saw him, you know, a little bit last night and make room for Kareth White as the fourth back? Um, I don't know, you know, and I really do like Kareth White. I like that pick. Um, my co-site expert, Patrick Sheldon, actually had an opportunity to uh, chat with him pre-draft and was able to talk with him post-draft. Um, he's very, very kind with his time and, and just a stand-up guy, and so... I really like him. Love what he brings to the table in terms of just the, the sheer speed and elusiveness and another weapon on special teams. So I really do hope he makes the team. Um, but more so mainly because maybe Ryan Null transitions to tight end. Um, because ultimately, I don't know if Ryan Null makes the roster as a running back. I don't know if he fits Matt Nagy's 
uh, offense. Yeah, that makes sense. And if they can get them in some work at tight end, then being able to keep talent on the field regardless of position is just kind of a win for the team. Right, and and Nagy has said um, he and Bate, he and Pace both have acknowledged the fact that uh, if they have to keep uh, an over kind of an overabundance of players at one position because they are the best players on the team, that's what they'll do. So some have thought receiver, some have thought running back. I just like that we've got an open and honest uh, front office and and coaching staff that says we're just going to keep the best fifty three. One of the things that always gets to me, especially with how you mentioned keeping the best 53, the things I like watching in preseason are position battles. And that's one of the other articles you wrote earlier this week. And what's the position battle that you're most interested in watching with the Bears during this preseason? Oh, my goodness. Wide receiver, without a <laughs> doubt. Without a doubt. I, I can't remember as a Bears fan. Any Bears fan wa- uh, listening to this or or tuning into this season right now, cannot remember the last time they were this loaded at a position and it's almost it's almost hysterical to think you know just a, just a few short years ago they were depleted and Cameron Meredith was their number one <laughs> it's 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 honestly laughable and it's it's crazy it's it's unbelievable to think how far they've come um, getting a guy like Javon Wims in the seventh round last year boggled my mind um, I, I almost forgot that he was still on the board because I had assumed he was gone all he did in college was make big plays on a championship level team. And so if you're going to snag a guy like that in the seventh, why not? And he's finally showing, you know, he showed a little bit last preseason, but uh, he's finally showing again in this year's camp um, under the lights at, at the, the practice at family fest. And then last night as well, that he is capable of making big time plays and he's potentially their fifth wide receiver. Um, they've got Marvin Hall, who's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, and I don't see how he doesn't make the team. Um, you know, and you've got the rookie Riley Ridley. Obviously, he's he's got some some valuable traits. They'll keep him. Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Cordero Patterson, who you could classify as you know running back, wide receiver, kick returner, wherever you want to place him. The Bears could realistically keep seven wide receivers and. It sounds hilarious, but if Matt Nagy wants to keep the best 53 and give himself the most ammunition surrounding Mitch Trubisky, then so be it. But the wide receivers are are, are going to be a lot of fun to watch. And there's so many of them that, that really do deserve playing time. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, it splits up. All right. Well, I think you may have answered um... – my question, or at least alluded to it a couple of times, I was going to ask for, um, you know, a player or position group to sort of keep an eye on that you think is going to um, really surprise everyone this year, and then maybe a player or position group that you think may not be may not live up to the hype. Uh, sounds like you're pretty high on the wide receivers, reasonably so. Um, yeah, I'm. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely, definitely high on the wide receivers. I think they've got so much depth there and in the backfield that, uh, again, like I kind of stated with Chuck Pagano, it'll be the same thing with Nagy. Um, Nagy and Trubisky, you know, would really have to try to screw this up with so much talent surrounding him. 
Uh, I really believe in the offense. I think the the position groups, wide receiver and running back, are are two very strong that I'm really excited about watching. Um, but in terms of a position group that uh, I, I I do think will end up disappointing, uh, barring a miracle, it's got to be the tight ends um, with Trey Burton's you know being banged up and Adam Shaheen being banged up, and I really don't know if Shaheen is gonna end up panning out but what can you do at this point uh ian bunting had a lot of good and a lot of questionable last night and so the rest of the preseason is going to be important for him dax raymond another undrafted guy coming out of utah state i was very excited about but he's been uh middle of the road in terms of his performance in camp uh ben broniker is he's a very good third tight end um I think he's good enough to make the team. He's not good enough to be a starter. So the tight ends, the tight ends might hurt. Um, but also that's why Nagy's very smart to all of a sudden, you know, flip on a dime and say, Hey, let's see what Ryan Null can do. Let's throw him in there and give him a shot. Why not? Because uh, that's definitely the position group that is, that is by far the weakest on the team right now outside of kicker, of course, but the tight ends have me very worried. Yeah, I was looking at the depth chart, and that looks like it may be one of the few weaknesses um, on the roster. I mean, there's almost nothing on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we let you go, Ryan, I'm going to put you on the spot. It's only been one week in the preseason, but what do you see the Bears at this year, record-wise? 17-0. and 0. <laughs> Hey, you said it, not me. <laughs> now, um, truthfully, I do think the North is going to be a very, very tough division. And personally, I I have the Bears at eleven and five, um, closely followed by the uh, the Packers at ten and six, Vikings at nine and seven, and I could see the the Lions maybe winning five or six games. But I do think that that the North is going to be competitive this year. Uh, I do think the Bears are still going to be a very good team, elite defense. Schedule's a little tougher, so. Um, but I would be very pleased with 11 and five playoff berth, and let's go get that Super Bowl. Nice. That's that's what I like to hear from a Bears fan. All right, Ryan. Before we uh, finally get you out of here, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff and where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at Ryan Heckman FS, and um, all of our all of our content is at Duh Windy City. FS like dub bears. Um, so go ahead and give us a follow and got a lot of great guys on our team as well who, who put their heart and soul into our, into their work. So we appreciate the time and appreciate the follows guys. Duh bears. Thank you. Thanks Ryan. You got it. Thanks guys. And that was Ryan helping us talk about the bears and he was nice enough to give us record, not only for the bears, but for every team in the division. Um, He's got him at 11 and 5, which is where I have him as well. Um, but you guys are a little bit higher on them. I I think one of their biggest um, drawbacks they've had in the last few years has been their receiving core. And as you heard from Ryan, uh, he is very high on their receiving core. Um, I like Cordero Patterson he just is, as being. Yeah. Do you think he's going to. Like, it's going to be weird to see where he plays, right? Yeah. I. I think you gotta have him in the slot, or 
I don't know. He's one of those guys where you just got to have him on the field. I know he played more snaps than he probably should have at, like, running back for the Raiders. Well, in the Patriots last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, He's just kind of one of those guys. When he's on the field, he's a home run threat. Yeah. You'd think they would come up with a football version of that analogy, but that... I'm a not, home run I'm not threat. smart enough to think of one. Yeah. Um, like, I, you, you have to be aware of him, because anytime the ball touches his hands, he's... Yeah. He could go for a touchdown. And um, I, I even I, saw an article, I don't know, I think it was on to Windy City, where they talked about, could you see him at tight end, too? Because Ryan could, mentioned play him at tight the end lack, and, of, lack of depth at tight end, so it's yeah. like, why not? I mean, if Trey Burton gets hurt or isn't feeling that healthy, then... I could see them just going, why not? Who's a better option than Cordero Patterson at tight end? Yeah. Um, and then Taylor Gabriel has, we've seen his ability um, to put up stats. Allen Robinson, if he is healthy, is a a pretty serviceable receiver. I don't know. Just I think he's their number too. one right now. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And I think people do forget with Robinson how well he did those, before those the years. injury. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had, what, like a 1,400-yard season or yeah, a 14-touchdown season or both? He was, for a while, he was pretty much the only bright spot in Jacksonville. Both. He had exactly 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in the same year. But, I mean, if you can have 1,400 yards with Blake Bortles... You should be able to have like nineteen hundred like yards with 19, a service thousand yards yeah. with anyone else. <laughs> you know who else got fourteen hundred yards with Blake Bortles thrown to him? Kevin Byard. <laughs> nice. Oh. So we the Bears win this division, right? It's like eighty percent. Yeah. yeah. And the other twenty percent is the Vikings. No, <laughs> the, the Lions. Oh. Actually, I give the the Bears like ninety five percent. Because I, I have well, I have him as the one in the NFC, right? Well, that that you and Brad both have him as the one. That defense is that defense like, is so good. Oh yeah. And if Mac stays healthy all year, like how could you, how could you pick anyone else? I mean that. Yeah. With, I was reading their depth chart, just going like head to toe. Like, I think the worst of their starters is still average or maybe above average like well and being so strong at so many spots where the guys who are average they're able to be better because they don't have to cover a guy for four and a half seconds or they don't have to make so many solo reads yeah so it just makes it easier yeah the the bears could be really really good this year Um, guys got anything else for this division no sir Bears run away with it. Kirk Cousins, you want the Vikings to run away from him? (laughs) If they were smart, they would. Cut him after this year. (laughs) Fools. Get rid of all that guaranteed money. All right, well, before we get into a Kirk Cousins (laughs) diatribe again. Ryan Tannehill. Goodness, you you got me. (laughs) I think that is about it. So remember to head to the House of Hoodies and use shots to get 15% off your order. Head to Facebook and Twitter and Patreon at Late Night Shots. Uh, check it out. We are now on Spotify as well. We might not be on iTunes yet. It's still getting approved with the new name change, 
but you can head to Spotify or Patreon to check us out. That's Late Night Shots. Insert sign-off here. <laughs>